Welcome to the New Author Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Evanoff and Lindsay Evanoff. The super siblings will take you through their days as they write, publish, and market their books. They'll talk about their successes, their mistakes, and everything in between. And occasionally, they'll veer off into tangents that will most likely be discussion of which episode of The Office is their favorite. Seriously, they talk about The Office a lot. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be educated and entertained, but mostly entertained. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the New Author Podcast. Today is Saturday, November 26, 2022. This is episode number 192. I am one of the hosts of this podcast, Jerry Evanoff. Before I get to Rich, let me just say happy birthday to my sister, Lindsay, because today is her birthday, and I believe she spent it working all day. Um, With me, as always, is Rich Casey. Rich, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy birthday, Lindsay. I'm sorry you had to work, although from what I understand, rolling around in the diamonds is kind of fun on your birthday, so... Yeah, I think she enjoys it. Yeah, I think Actually, she does. Yeah. I, I'd yeah. be kind of prickly, I think, but you know, who knows? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yes. One, one yes. thing I forgot to show you last week, and um, since it's kind of writing related, I had one find when I was at my mother's house and helping to clean the place out when she was in the rehab hospital, and that's this. Jerry can see it on the camera. It's a little Pomodoro timer. And I guess it is for kitchen, doing stuff in the kitchen, but I thought it was so cute, and it's an apple. So at least in some language is uh, Pomo is Apple. So I'm going to use it. Is and that I, for like doing sprints? Is that what you yeah, use it for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the Pomodoro sprints. I think typically people have little timers like this that are shaped like tomatoes, but uh, I think the apple works. So yeah, it's a nice looking green apple. It looks yeah, tasty yeah. actually. <laughs> All right. So let me jump into my stats for the past week. It was an interesting week. Um, my current work count is now 11,374. I'm up 3,249. The goal is actually to get five to 10,000 words a day. I need to sit down and work at a calendar or work out like what I need to average per week, not five to 10,000 per week, not per day. Um, need to work out what I want to average per week to get to uh, a book every four months to see if I can hit that target at some point. Um, but this week was a little bit lower and I have a really, really good reason for that. It, it wasn't the number of words I wanted, but I had a really good week in terms of uh, progress with this novel. So and I'll get to that when we go, when I go through my, uh, my day by day. In terms of my mail light, I'm assuming I'm hanging tight at 860. Um, I probably won't do any. I'll be honest with you. I probably won't do anything ever again with mail light except except ex, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Export my list, and I'm gonna probably go right to the uh, Nick Thacker author dot author email dot com uh, and just get in there before I send any more emails out. Mm. So, um, and that 860 is probably about. 775 of them are those freebie seekers from doing all those promos. I might be done with those promos too. I'm not sure if that gets me email people that really matter to me as a, as an author. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the trade-off really is hoping that you get a few out of every hundred that sign up uh, and just get big numbers on your list or trying to de- develop a dedicated audience that takes a long time to do. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Uh, and then last week's goal, well, I looked at the outline this morning when I was filling out the outline for this week, and I realized I forgot to put a goal in for this this past week. Um, but I had a really good week, so as far as I'm concerned, I completed a goal. Um, yeah, so that works. How cool. about you? Cool. Well, the story of my life this week, other than in writing anyways, is that Vela is my squirrel that I was really 
attracted to this week. So I, I started looking at those first two average Jones stories. As I said, I was going to see if I could break them up into episodes and try to connect them some way seamlessly so that I could just kind of continue the story, but kind of rotate through different kinds of mysteries. But partway through the week, probably because I've been huffing too many paint fumes, I came up with an idea and started a romance story. Uh, and I don't know if this was triggered. Well, I know why it was triggered, because I did a deep dive into Vela, which I'll talk about later. And notice that if you really want to succeed on Vela, you really need to write a romance story. So I thought I would go ahead and give it a try. I'm 1,500 words in, and I'm kind of enjoying it. It's kind of a, uh, it's turning out to be kind of a rom-com kind of a story, which uh, kind of fits in with my uh, my experience in romance. And so I'm going to use it as therapy as well. So, <laughs> Wow. You are very similar to me when it comes to shiny things. Yes. Yes. I'll I'm tell you. really bad about it. Really yeah. bad. Um, and by the way, the huffing to me paint themes is, I mean, that's how the Beatles did most of their music, right? I mean, yeah, probably so. It's the probably good stuff. So. The good stuff came from there. So, yeah. All right. So let me jump into my, my last week's recap. Um, Sunday, I finally slept in a little bit, which was nice. Um, I went to Panera for my blueberry muffin. I hadn't had one in a long time while I was there. I ended up, I was working on the last chapter of the book because that's kind of the re the, the wrap up. That's where my, my detective or my, my, my amateur detective, my main character tells everybody how, it, how the crime happened and why, you know, why that person's guilty and how he was able to prove that person was guilty. And I needed to finish that because I felt like it was almost like writing an outline, but it was actually writing the last chapter. So Sunday I was able to finish it. I ended with 3,028 words in that last chapter, but since it's the first draft, it's really just a lot of he said, she said, or he did, she did. There's really no emotion, no description. So when I go back to do my second edit, probably actually when I, as I work through the book, when I get to that chapter, I'll probably revise it pretty big. It'll probably end with a lot more words, which means I may break it up into two. Um, maybe three chapters. The problem with that is I've been watching a lot of Perot this week and I've been watching it in a different way. And you never have a commercial break in the middle of that scene, that climax. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's different for books. Is a chapter break the same as a commercial break? I have no idea. So I'm not really sure what to do about that. Yeah. I think the only way you can really, and people do break chapters during, during a climax, but you have to have, I guess, rising tension from one chapter to the next. And then once it finally all comes crashing down, that's got to be the end of the climax. Yeah, there are a couple spots in that climax that I could probably do that in. I, I really won't know until I write it, but it's going to, I mean, it could end up being 4,000 words. And to have all the other chapters to be like, you know, 1,500, 2,000, 25, and then all of a sudden you throw a 4,000 word chapter in there. I'm not sure if I want to do that. So Right, right. Did you did you settle on, on the clue that suddenly appears, that yes. clears everything up? Yes. And in fact, I'll get to that as I go through this because it was a okay. weird day. So um, Monday I worked from home, um, nothing related writing related at lunch, but after work, I watched a Jane Calmus video. I'm really liking her videos. Um, I'll link to her YouTube channel. I've linked to specific videos in the last few weeks, but I'll just link to her channel. Um, when we're done, she I does watched, a lot. I watched a couple during the week and then, yeah, I like them too. Yeah. I like that. She does a lot with a lot of her examples come from like monk or Remington steel, you know, uh, Columbo things that are more, they're not necessarily cozy, but they're more cozy than right. um, what some people will use when they do videos on mysteries. Right, right. Um, so I watched a couple of hers where she talked about how to come up with suspects. Okay, so I was to the point now where I had been watching some Perot and I'd been watching some of her videos. And in the Perot, he goes through the list of people in the room and says, you know, you could have done it because of this and you could have done it because of this. I didn't have any of that. I literally had one character that did it because of this, but all those other things, I never had any of them. Mm 
So I, I didn't know what to do. So I watched a couple of her videos. Um, I needed to figure out what to do with my side characters. She shows a grid that she uses where she has like the character and what they did or what their secret was. That was the big deal. What their secret was. Um, I took it one step further and I opened up plotter and I put my entire book into plotter. I created a timeline for the book itself, a timeline for motives, a timeline for clues, a timeline for a couple other things that aren't related to that. I just wanted to have them in there. And I looked at it and said, okay, this is oh, red herrings was another one. This is, um, this is my problem. I'm missing so much. Um, so then Tuesday I, well, so I started doing it on Monday, Tuesday, I work from home again at lunch. I continued updating the plotter, getting it work, getting it going. Um, and then Wednesday I, I continued doing it at lunch and I finished up on Wednesday. Did I do it in the evening? I don't know if I did it in the evening or not, but I finished it up on Wednesday. Um, and then I was kind of looking around at that, um, that, uh, Kalytics report I bought on mystery science and 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 uh, suspense it turned out it was back in august i thought it was october but it's actually back in august and one of the things that i noticed he does that big dot filled strategy map i don't know what it's called but it's a map that shows like the hot niche mm-hmm. books versus the mainstream versus the big hot ones right now versus the cold all of this and the number one of all of his lists for mystery thriller was women's sleuths and I mean, I just sat there in the evening thinking to myself, how do I change my main character a woman? Like, this seems like the right thing to do. I was, I was not agonizing over it. That's a little bit overdramatic, but I was really, really thinking about it. I went to bed and laid there for like an hour. What do I do? How do I do this? And um, I just decided I'm not going to do it. It would change the plot so much. And I worked on the plot so hard with the editor that I didn't want to go back and, and ruin it or put something in that shouldn't be there. Right. Just because I wanted to try to hit that, um, that right to market, you know, hot group or whatever and i actually looked at it the next day and there are a couple other ones in there that are like just mystery suspense you know murder mystery that are still pretty hot not as big as that women's one but holy cow uh but there are a couple other ones that i can fit into in terms of categories which which kind of calmed me down a little bit but i really was there was a period of time where i was considering changing my, my main character a woman and completely changing the plot around yeah and that's that's you know since you've already gotten in your head this story and the next one too, I believe, uh, you know, it's going to be hard, kind of hard to change that. Yeah. The next, yeah, I actually have the next three ready. The next and then I was at ready. the hot dog shop with my buddy Tim yesterday and he started throwing out, Hey, what happened if this would happen? And then there was a murder. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're writing my next book. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was taking notes in my phone as he was talking. So, and, and I don't think not having a woman as a sleuth is really going to put you at that much of a dis- disadvantage. Uh, especially because you're not really, is this, this is not really a cozy mystery, right? No, it's not. It's right. Not. So, so that, yeah, I don't think you see too many women sleuths in non-cozy mysteries. Uh, you do. I actually, I should take that back. You, you see a lot of them, but yeah. uh, you also see a lot of men as well. So it's, I'm looking at the, the, it's called a strategy map right now. Um, And there are a couple other categories like this one here, which is mystery, thriller and suspense, mystery, private investigators. My my character is not necessarily a private investigator, but he's moving towards that. I think that's what I'm going to do with him at some point so that I could probably throw him in there. Uh, There's a mystery and suspense, thriller and suspense, crime fiction, murder. I mean, that's pretty general, but that's a hot mainstream one right now. Also, did you mention Um, amateur sleuth or? So the only amateur sleuth is the one with the women. So it's, uh, here it is. It's mystery, wait, 
Uh, oh, yeah, it's mystery, thriller, and suspense, mystery, women sleuth. So it's not amateur, it's just women sleuth. In fact, I don't see the word amateur in here anywhere. I thought, so I thought he had amateur sleuth in there someplace, but maybe I'm just confusing that with, well, there is a, uh, there is a, a Kindle category for amateur sleuth. Sure. Right. So, but it's not, it's not in his uh, bestseller list strategy map. There's nothing okay. in the amateurs in here. I thought the women's sleuth one was amateur, but it's actually just women's sleuths. Okay. So that doesn't necessarily mean amateur. No. Right. Um, the other thing that he showed that I thought was interesting. Oh, was the number of pages. So that was the other thing that I felt interesting. He has a thing in here where it says, um, Amazon Kindle estimated print lunch. So it's almost like a, um, what's the, what's the bell shaped thingy, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that the curve, bell is curve. Yeah, the bell curve. And that's yeah. The bell curve. So that's exactly what this thing looks like. 300 to 350 is like the majority percentage wise of the page length of these books with the average overall being 343. Really? Um, yeah, I'm surprised. So that's that's if I had, kind of long. Yeah, if I had to guess, I would say let's see, that's about seventeen per eighteen percent, and then that's about thirty-two. That's fifty, and then twenty. So seventy percent of the books are between two hundred and fifty and four hundred. Okay. Um, so you're talking so, somewhere between seventy and and one hundred ninety to one hundred thousand words, then, right? Yeah, two hundred and fifty would be um, what is it? One hundred uh, two twenty-five fifty would be about sixty. 66,000 yeah. words yeah. is 250 pages and then 400 would be a hundred thousand. So that, and that's a really big range. I mean, but yeah. seeing yeah. that it it's, it's closer to 300, the average is 343 pages actually is gives me a little hope too. Cause I know super editor C said, uh, what'd she say? I don't even remember now. 250? No, 60, 60 K. Yeah. So that's two sixty to 65 K is, uh, what? 240. 30, 40 to 275 yeah. pages, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go above that. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to go above yeah. that. The reason, why I'm some... reason why I'm surprised about that is because a lot of the, uh, the cozy mysteries, especially are much, not in the muncher, but they are shorter than that. Uh, especially people who have been really making bank like, uh, uh, what's his name? Steve Higgs. I mean, his yeah. are quite a bit, quite a bit shorter than that, of course. And something blew up on Facebook and I didn't catch the original post, but I think people were, were dragging them through the mud this week because of the, his ability to crank out a story a week or something. I have no idea. Yeah. I saw uh, a post from his where he said, haters going to hate. And yeah, then, I saw that. I didn't see the original post. Like <laughs> so. I did, neither did I. And then like I did everybody else on Facebook, I hit it, hit him. So I don't actually know what else is going on just because yeah. I don't want to have anybody in my Facebook timeline. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't hide him because I was a hater hating. I just yeah. hit him because I'm a hitter hiding. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, those are the two things I noticed from the Alex Newton. Now there's 75 pages in that. And there's actually two different documents. The second document has 65 pages. So I still have a lot to go through, but those are the things that jumped out at me um, on Wednesday when I was going through this. Somewhere, probably not in that strategy map, because I know he doesn't label every point in that map, uh, but in his charts, you'll be able to find amateur sleuth and see how that racks up. Yeah. yeah, I'll keep looking for it. But I decided on Thursday, I'm not going to change my character. I'm going to leave it how it is. I like the plot. I like the story. I like the character. No, that's I'm good. Just leave it how it is and yeah. uh, just keep writing it. So yeah. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, again, I always like to stay on here when I get to sleep in because it doesn't happen very often, but I slept in. Um, I, 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 it was, I mean, it was, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It was like my 
11th or 12th vacation day in like three weeks, uh, the last three weeks at work. So maybe I'm getting good at sleeping in, but took my laptop over my parents, just me, me, my mom and my dad for Thanksgiving. So I took the laptop over there and put the, the Buffalo Detroit football game on. Um, really wanted Detroit to win that game. Yeah. But you know, they, they lost it in the most Detroit fashion ever. Yes. So <laughs> I, I told my dad, I was like, you know, Detroit loses games in the, the fantastic ways, just like the Browns do. And he was yep. like, yep. yep. Yeah. So, um, so during that game, I, what I did was I opened Atticus. Uh, one thing about Atticus that does not have, which I don't care is it doesn't have a place where you can just take notes. So mm -hmm. I created a 25th chapter and I just called it book notes and then parentheses. I just put delete this before I publish it. And in there, I actually wrote all of the characters names down that are in the final chapter, uh, along with another one who's not actually in the chapter, but she is, uh, part of the accused or possible or suspect list, I guess. And I wrote down all of the ones I knew at the time, why they were being accused and whether or not they were guilty. And then how my main character proved them either guilty or innocent. Mm -hmm. And I had about six characters I had nothing for. So I, I kind of Googled, you know, secrets and alibis and just reading through that. And by doing that, I ended up coming up with six different secrets is what I'm calling them for okay. each of those characters. A couple of them overlap with each other, but, um, and why that they can possibly be a suspect where my main character figures out these secrets. And then uh, in a couple of them, I wrote, um, where he figures out that they're innocent. And then three or four of them I actually have, well, he doesn't figure out that they're innocent. He just learns who's guilty, which makes them innocent. Okay. So, um, so that was a great day. Um, that's going to make the give the story so much more depth. Oh yeah. Oh, that's going to add a ton of words too, but yeah, it's, it is going to make it so much better to have. And I did this again because I was watching all these pros throughout the week and I just, I had nothing like he had it. My, my ending was basically here's how it happened and you did it and here's why. And I wasn't even talking to the other characters. Right, so right. this is going to make it a whole lot better. Uh, I came home that night and, um, and about, I don't know what time it was. It was like nine o'clock. It was probably eight o'clock. Grabbed my laptop again, opened Atticus again. And then I went to the last page where I had written all these secrets and they, all this stuff down. And then I sprinkled into the plot where each of these ones take place. Everything. Takes. So now I'm completely plotted um, by the end of the Thursday night, which I was so happy. I did not expect to have that done on Thursday. I thought it was going to take a few days, but I just put the time in on Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, it worked out really well. That's good. I, I put in here that it took me about five total hours, two in the afternoon while I was at my parents, and then three more in the evening. And it, it got me to the point where I can get back to writing. Uh, Friday, woke up, did some Black Friday shopping. I love doing Black Friday shopping. Me and my buddy Tim do it every year. We go to we go to the, the Eastwood Mall and we grab those little trees, the the for the kids, you know, the oh, things right. on the trees. Angel, angel trees. Yeah, angel trees. We grab a couple of those. We go to Target. We shop. We take everything back and we drop it off. And then we go spend all kinds of money on ourselves. And I think that helps me take the guilt away from just <laughs> right. spending so much money on myself on dumb stuff. Um, as Rich can see behind me, there's an electronic drum set all set up. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, we did that. And then we, we went around to some different stores. He buys something for his kid. Uh, his son, he looks for some of the stuff for his kid and his wife. And I generally just buy for myself. Although I did buy a couple things for my mom and dad um, to kind of get their Christmas shopping done, which is nice. And then we go to the, this place called the hot dog shop. It's this amazing little hot dog place in, in Warren that I've talked about before. Um, we do that every year. Uh, and we always say we're going to see somebody we know. And we always do. And this time we saw the younger brother of a really good friend of ours who we hadn't seen in probably five or 10 years because he doesn't live anywhere around here. Um, so that was fun. And then when I got home, um, I really didn't do anything. I kind of sat and watched some football until about eight o'clock when I grabbed my laptop, sitting on the couch, 
and I wrote the, a new opening to the book, 400 words. And it's, it's part of this whole, my, my victim, my first victim, like talks about a couple things that makes the murderer have to act at that moment. I didn't have that before. And now I have a reason that the murderer actually kills him at that moment instead of he just did it. Um, right. so, which I'm really happy about. So this, as I recall, you had a prologue, right? To this book. Well, I don't have a prologue. I don't know what to call it. So what I have is the first chapter takes place on a Sunday night at like 11 p.m. Okay. And then the second chapter backs up to about 6 p.m. the same night. And then the third chapter is at midnight the same night. So I, I have a chapter kind of one a and then chapter two backs up and then chapter three catches back up. Okay. Um, okay. Super editor C said she didn't like that. She didn't think that the reader would want to go back. And I'm like, you know, in my sci-fi books, I do it all the time and no one seemed to care. But right. I wonder if it's like a different readership like in terms of expectations with a book like this, I don't know. So do you, do you label the chapters so it's clear that yeah. that's what's happening? Yeah. Okay. I put chapter one Sunday night, 11 PM. And then I put chapter two earlier in the evening, earlier that same evening or something. Is what I've, I have seen, right now. I've actually seen that quite a bit in mystery yeah. stories. Good. Good. Cause yeah. I think I'm going to keep it. I, I do. Yeah. I really like it. I think I'm going to go ahead and keep it. I think it's better for the story that way. We meet right. a couple characters we don't know much about. And then in chapter two, we learn about them. Right. And then in chapter three, when the whole thing starts, the whole mystery starts, we know these characters right. and right. Uh, we've seen the death. So, um, let's see. I went to bed, got up this morning. I uh, went Chick-fil-A to write, was there for a few hours. So I worked through chapter one again, just making notes, making sure that I had everything set up correctly. Um, I went through chapter two and three. Chapter two didn't have much of a change. Chapter three had some changes, so I made the changes there. And then I, I started chapter four. Um, this is still part of the setup. So in chapter three, we meet like the, the friends of the main character. And in chapter four, we meet everybody who works at the plant. So all the possible suspects. Um, we meet them at the plant. Plant. Um, I, I also went through and updated my story grid. Like I had kind of not done much for the first three chapters. So I went through and updated everything in there. I've got a couple of new columns and I deleted some columns that I'm not using anymore. Um, one of the big new columns is, uh, where's it at? Uh, I have one called uh, cliffhanger. Why does the reader turn the page for chapters three and four? I have nothing right now. I'm going to have to go back and fix that. For the next one, I have just motives, ev evidence, and re revelations where I put everybody's motives, what evidence my characters find or what revelations happen. I have a foreshadowing and then a foreshadowing answered column. Um, I have a, my character's name is Sam. I have a Sam's shard of glass column so I can track that, making sure that it gets a little bit more each time it's mentioned. It doesn't go stale. And then I have a hero's journey. I always have that stuff in there. I like that. And I have a things to work on chapter, which is as I'm reading through it today and I go, Ooh, this needs to be a more emotional. I'll put a little note just says make this more emotional. And then on my second edit, I'll look at this column and determine what needs to be done. And then I had a column called, um, possible like novella. Like if something happens in that chapter that make a great novella, I changed that to bonus scene possibility based on the Melanie Harlow's talk that I have. I cannot stop thinking about all right. week. Um, so I'm going to mark, if I see a place for a bonus scene, I'll mark it in there. So okay. I've been meaning to ask you this for a while and I keep forgetting, which do you get more satisfaction out of actually playing with your spreadsheet or doing the writing? <laughs> it's about 50, 50. Okay. <laughs> I love the spreadsheet. So fun. So much fun. You're, you've uh, got, you, I think if you showed that to Sean Coyne, he would just say, man, I can't believe you did all that. <laughs> Yeah, because his original spreadsheet had like 10 columns. Yeah, something like that. Mine goes to, mine has 29 right now <laughs> with everything I have. And, and everything that he talked about is in here. I just added a whole bunch of stuff. And then every book I do, I change some of the columns to something else. So um, 
So, so you yeah. need to write, you need to write a book like he did and call it, you know, the story grid on steroids. And <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I would, if I could get away with it, yeah. um, yeah. I have to call it like, like my writing process and then put the story grid stuff in there. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I love that idea. Um, it's actually not a bad idea because every writer at some point writes a nonfiction book. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So then I got home. Oh, it was very funny by the way. So I was writing the scene in chapter three while I was at Chick-fil-A, um, where you're meeting the characters for the first time. And really it's just my main character overhearing three or four different conversations at the same time. And one of those conversations is going to be what leads to him figuring out who the murder is at the very end. So I tried to mix in some dumb conversations at the same time with that one, but making it so that one didn't stick out. <laughs> and I was sitting at Chick-fil-A and there's a, a woman and a man sitting one row up and one booth over from me. And then about three booths away from them was another woman and a man. So at one point the woman just yells, Hey, excuse me to the other woman, a man. She goes, would you ever let your, your uh, wife name your son Gilbert? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, no. And she goes, thank you. And just, they went back to talking. So I thought I got to put that in the book. So I wrote a scene where I have a woman on the cell phone during that conversation going, no, you're not naming my grandson Gilbert, which I thought was <laughs> um, so, oh. and then I got home to put Ohio state Michigan on. I don't really care who wins, but I just like to have football on. So I muted it and was watching YouTube. Uh, and then I eventually opened Atticus to, I didn't expect to do this, but I opened Atticus to keep going on chapter four. I wanted to get it finished. Um, I reused a lot of chapter seven from my first attempt at this in this scene here. I deleted a whole bunch of dialogue and rewrote it to match with all my new clues, but a lot of it I just reused. Um, and it was really good, but like right in the middle of it, the electronic drum set showed up and, um, so I had to stop and set it up and it was really, really easy to set it up. The problem was, is I didn't buy headphones and the only headphones I have that fit are those little earbuds. And you can actually hear the sound of the stick hitting the drum louder than you can. The sound the drum makes in your ear when you're not oh, really? <laughs> over the earphones, right. earphones or whatever. So, um, so I decided I need to go buy headphones, but I also said, well, no, you're not going to go buy headphones and play with your toy until you finish chapter four. So, so I finished chapter four, um, then it was time to go get the dog and get some headphones. I went to a, a little store here in town where I know they sell them. Um, it's called Rite Aid. You've probably heard of it. And yes. <laughs> um, they only they had one pair of wired over the ear headphones and they were cheap. So I decided not to get them. I'm going to go to Panera tomorrow morning anyway. So I'll just go to Best Buy because it's right beside Panera and uh, buy find a good Black Friday deal on some good ones and come home and watch football and start practicing these things. Well, I'll tell you, if you can find these the ones i have they're they're called sony let's see sony mdr 7506 professionals okay we did a lot of research about five six years ago and these are the headphones that studio professionals mixers and stuff use and they're not that expensive at least buying them over the internet and they um, have the little headphone jack yeah the little yeah. One? yeah they're oh, wired okay. yeah they're wired uh, so, and, and they're really high quality. The only thing that happens is that about every two years I have to replace the, the muff part because it just mm. kind of disintegrates and that's just from using it and the oils in your skin and stuff. But yeah, the fidelity and everything is really good in them. Oh, check it out then when I go, um, I'm not going to buy it online cause I don't want to wait two days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just want to get them. So yeah, you gotta bang, um, and then, you gotta bang on those drums, man. Exactly. All day. All day. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to work. Um, so then when I get home, uh, when I get home, I only had about an hour before the podcast started. So I didn't really do anything with the drum set or the book. I instead made my second favorite meal of the year. Uh, my first favorite is obviously Thanksgiving day, but my second favorite is a day or two later when I have all the leftovers. Oh, so good. And, uh, yeah. now we're doing this. 
Yeah, we've been eating turkey every single day. And except for this afternoon for lunch, I'd said, I've had enough turkey. Uh, so we went out and got some Reuben sandwiches instead. So it's a little bit of a change. Most of my week was spent painting and recovering from that effort. And it's not so much physical, although in the case of, you know, huffing those fumes, your liver does have to do a little bit of work to clean out of your system. But it's mental. I've, I've reached a point in the project that I always do with everything that I do, including writing, where it's 90% done and I'm just ready to quit. I'm ready to walk away and say, okay, it's done. It's enough. Uh, and it's, you know, it's again, it's a squirrel, shiny object problem. Uh, luckily, in this case, I've got my wife standing over me saying, no, you're not done. <laughs> you just, you need to finish this. Uh, and I also spent hours on the phone this week because Wednesday, my mother's house went up for sale. Uh, as you recall, she, we moved, we're moving her into a condo. Uh, somewhat against her will, I guess. I mean, originally she was she was on board with it, but I think everything moved a little bit too fast for her. And then she broke her her legs, fractured her, her, her tibia, ended up in uh, rehab and spent, you know, the last three weeks moaning and groaning about how it was the worst mistake she ever made in her life. The house will never sell. And so, and we, you know, I went up there, scrambled around trying to get the place ready. My brother and sister had been doing the remaining of the scrambling. Monday and Tuesday, everything came to a head because the uh, realtor had uh, booked a photographer for Tuesday afternoon. So we had to get everything done. And I spent a lot of time on the phone giving people encouragement. And more importantly, as far as everybody else was concerned, paying all the bills for the cleaner, <laughs> for the cleaners and stuff. And it's not, it's not easy or it's not cheap to clean out a house uh, if you're going to do it yourself, even because you don't have to, you'd have to pay the tipping fees and stuff for the dumpster that you fill up. It cost me about two, a little over $2,000 to get somebody wow. to get in there and clean up. But it took six guys almost all day on Monday to get the whole place cleaned out and ready for showing. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, the fact that I didn't have to do it, it was money well spent. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thursday or oh, Wednesday, then the, Wednesday morning, the, um, the, the house showed up for sale. Uh, it was pretty interesting. It started getting views right away. I was a little bit worried because she was asking the dealer put or the realtor put uh, a 270 price tag on it. The Zillow price was 224. Now I know Zillow is not really good. Their algorithms suck in terms of being able to actually identify the value of a house. Yeah, I know and, that for a fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, experience, I know that. yeah, and it's uh. And yeah, they, in fact, they got in a lot of trouble because they were following their algorithm, buying up properties, thinking they were going to flip them and were not able to do it because, you know, they were paying too much for their properties wow. based on their algorithm. And in, in my mother's case, it looked like her house was worth like 50 grand less than what she paid for it. So I was a little bit worried about that. Uh, Thursday was all I do on Thursdays is I watch football and I cook Thanksgiving dinner for me and my wife. And this, this week, this year, my son's been gone for five years now. And every year I kind of pare it back a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And this, this Thanksgiving, all we had was a smoked turkey, cornbread and mushroom stuffing and grilled asparagus. And that was it. Uh, so it was, it was relatively quick and easy spent, had a lot more time in front of the TV. Although none of the games were really all that, you know, interesting to me. Uh, you know, like we said, Detroit lost in a spectacular fashion like they always do. And 
Yeah. Anyway. What they do is they make it look like they're going to win. This is what the Browns yeah. do. They yeah. make, they give you hope and then they just rip it away. It's yeah, what, yeah. Yeah. But you know, every Detroit fan is sitting back and saying, well, I know how this is going to end. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By now we're conditioned. Yeah. Detroit <laughs> brand fans and Browns fans are so similar. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna give uh, Josh Allen and the Bills uh, 21 seconds to score t- to score some points. They'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a problem. You're gonna give uh, them a 35 yard pass right down the middle, wide open. That's just not smart. Yeah. Yeah. But even though I even though I pared down my Thanksgiving dinner, I still probably made enough for a family of 10. So we've been eating the leftovers leftovers ever since. Uh, Friday morning brought really good news in that my mother's house sold, and nice. for just under the asking price that she had. Um, and actually, what was really hilarious is it sold to a guy across the street from her who has been buying houses here and there in the neighborhood and fixing them up and renting them. Wow. Uh, so he's becoming like a little slumlord. But what he <laughs> what he typically does is he comes in, he, he hears that a house is going to be going up for sale. He comes in and he offers to buy it. Uh, basically, sight unseen, no inspection, uh no, no realtors involved and stuff, but massively underpays on the, on the market in, in order to, in order for people just to unload houses. And what, you know, in the kind of neighborhood my mother's in, it's a mixed neighborhood where there's old people who've been there for 30, 40 years, and then there's younger families moving in. So what he does is he, he waits till somebody dies, essentially. Oh, and, and then he, he knows that the family's going to sell the house and he approaches the family and say, look, you know, I'll just give it, give you, you know, whatever. $200,000 cash for it. He offered my mother 195,000 for it. And, and we just said, nah, you know, that's okay. <laughs> so the, the Wednesday morning when it first went up for sale, the realtor said he was the first one to call and said, I'll offer 261 for it. So, wow. That's quite the jump. Yeah. It's he quite really the jump. tried to lowball you guys. Holy yeah, cow. He really did. And she said that, yeah, that's going to happen. She said, typically when an investor comes in and tries to get you before the thing goes on sale. And she said, she's done this before herself, her and her husband, that, but not with anybody they know, because typically you're as a seller, you're going to be leaving 50 grand on the table at least. So, right. so yeah, it worked out really well. Now we've got, we've got the, uh, the sales agreement signed and closed and, and finished, but the deal's not actually going to close till the end of December. Uh, he was pre-approved for financing, but you know, once the appraisers and stuff get involved, who knows what's going to happen, but hopefully it'll all go through and we'll get this wrapped up by the end of the year, which will be just absolutely amazing because I was just, I was not looking, given the kind of grumpy crank my mother has turned into, I was not looking forward to hearing every day about how this house isn't selling. <laughs> uh, today, I huffed some more paint fumes this morning as I was trying to finish off the bathroom before I head back to Detroit, which I'm going to have to do to help her get ready, the, the new condo ready for uh, for Christmas and the visit of my son and his new wife, which she's eagerly anticipating. My brother and sister have done a lot, but they don't really have patience to sit around with her and go through box after box, picking up each item and saying, should we keep this? Should we not keep this? And I have patience for that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go up towards the end of the week, probably spend four or five days with her and try to get some of that done. And that was basically my week. All right. Um, let's see. Skipping past all of my goals. Cause I have none. They're all going to be, they're all <laughs> going to be failures for 2022. Um, let me go to my news. So I have a couple things. Um, I did use Atticus all week. So it's the first full week of using it since I, I, uh, since back in like, I don't know, February or March, whenever that was, um, <clears throat> Grammarly, the, the Grammarly, there were two issues that I had. 
the Grammarly uh, web extension does not crash it anymore like it used to, but the Grammarly web extension also doesn't work. So Grammarly will up underline like a, a misspelled word or a, a comma or whatever. But then when you click on it and hover or when you hover over it and then it gives you the menu of how to fix it and you click, it doesn't actually fix it, but it t gets rid of the underline. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's really <laughs> strange. Um, so what I did today was I, on my, on my PC, I, I downloaded, I downloaded the Grammarly cause there's a Grammarly app you can download instead and you can just have it running on your computer at all times. Mm -hmm. So I disabled the web extension in my browser and I ran the app instead mm -hmm. and it worked. That one worked just fine. So it's different if you run the Grammarly app locally on your computer, just running in the background, just like I have, you know, I look at down here, I have steam running in the background and I have a vast antivirus. The Grammarly is run, also running in the background. That will work. If I'm in Atticus and I, I hover over something and I go to fix it, it will fix it. If it's the web extension and the, and the Grammarly app is not running, but the web extension is active, it will not fix it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. This doesn't bother me much. I really don't care about this. I mean, if it's a well, comma. No. Yeah, no, yeah. it's fairly simple. Yeah, um, just go fix. in and change the spelling or the comma. You know, if I start to have sentences that need rewritten, which I don't, the, the Grammarly app or the extension, they don't really show you that until you, what, I, what I'll do when I'm finished with all this before I send it to super editor C is I'll chapter by chapter copy it into Grammarly, the web, actually web page Grammarly. I'll fix everything there and I'll copy it back into Atticus. I, I like doing that better. Um. But I am going to look into Pro Writing Aid. I obviously have an account because we talked about the crime conference they did a couple months ago or whenever right. back in the summer, whenever that was. So I'm going to look into Pro Writing Aid. I might even see if I can download a demo or a free version or something. I don't know if I'll be able to because I probably did it in the past. But I want to see how that plugs into Grammarly. And I'll just see if that makes a difference. And if it does, yeah. I'll switch. I don't really care which one I use. I've been, just, I've been using Grammarly for a long time. Uh, but I don't really care which one it is. They both do the same thing. So right. Probably um, all you need is an alternate email to use. You know? Yeah. I, in fact, I could do that. Yeah. In fact, I think Grammarly is through my – I think it might be through uh, – pro writing it th might be through my my author email. So I'll just do it through my Gmail, which is what yeah. Grammarly is through anyway. Right. Um, right. The other issue that I have – and this is something that – is a bit of an annoyance, but it doesn't stop me from using it. At least it hasn't yet. I don't think it will. It's just an annoyance. So if you're in Google Docs or you know, writer, uh, Living Writer or, or any of those things that, that are cloud-based, you, you, you can see that it's always auto-saving as you're mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. Well, with, with Atticus, it does the same thing. The problem is, is that every time it tries to save, it just lags a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. So you might be typing, but you, I mean, if you look up the screen, you might not see the letters instantly it might take a split second for each of them to come up and then if you're typing a long sentence it might take a couple seconds before the whole sentence pops up on the screen um it doesn't bother me too much uh you know there's just something in their code that's causing the screen to not refresh while it's running its its uh save code yeah you know that's that is pretty odd uh, yeah i don't have any i have a lot of those kinds of, of programs that auto save and i've not run into that with anything except word where if you get a big document, it'll do that. It'll, it'll yeah. lag quite a bit, but I, I wish they had an option in here where I could turn off the auto save and set it to like save every one minute or something like that. But they don't instead of it. Cause it seems to save every time you make any change, you hit space bar, save, you type a couple words, okay. it's saving after each letter. And I'm wondering if, if I type T H E, I hit T, it starts to save. I hit H, does it block the old save and do a new one? And then I hit E, does it do it again? Is it really stacking up? If I type really fast, is it really stacking up the save calls? I'm not sure. Yeah, they have, yeah, they may have just way too much overhead. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And as a programmer, as someone who's in computer programming professionally since 1996, holy cow, I, you know, I have a couple of ideas of what could be wrong there. Um, mm. Yeah. So um, anyways, that's, that's the one annoyance I have with it right now. Other than that, I have no problems. I think if I was ever going to stop using it again um, until that was fixed, if that were to be fixed, I would probably, now one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to check my setup, make sure that, you know, I haven't seen anybody complain about this. I, I watched a lot of their videos this week. I, I was, I wasn't really in any forums. I'll have to go look and check the forums, but mm -hmm. uh, um, if, maybe this is just me. Now it happens on both my, my Chromebook and my Windows PC. So I'm guessing it's probably not me. Um, but if it is, right. then I'll look at my setup. If I was ever going to not use it, I think what I would probably do is I would type it in word or, uh, word or Google docs, run my Grammarly through it. Um, and then I would just paste it into, uh, Atticus as I was going so that I could use the, um, formatting stuff when I was ready. So can you use Atticus offline or no? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I'll have to look. I don't think you can but a lot of those sites are making it so you can if you're right. on a flight and you want to write you can't so right. i have to check i'm wondering if you open up the app when you're not on the internet how's it gonna it, there's got to be a local copy that it grabs right and then next time you connect it would have to then sync up with with online so right. I, I don't know i'll have to check into that although although trying to avoid the auto save by doing that is just really shooting yourself in the foot because you could use lose thousands of words absolutely <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah right right uh, let's see. So Melanie Harlow's talk is still running around in my head. Um, I went on today to her author page on Amazon. I checked her publishing dates. I was curious when she publishes and if it's consistent. So over the last two years, she's published something in March, something in July and something in November. So it looks like her, her years run like November to November because she told me when she replied to me last week that she's usually writing 10 or 15,000 of the, of the current book when the, the previous one publishes. Mm -hmm. So if she publishes in November, she probably starts writing in November and then she goes November, December, January, February, it goes to the editor. She starts the next one. It comes back and she publishes it in March. Right. So because I'm actually starting this book at the same, I'm in November, I'm going to attempt this. Now we know how I am with goals, not good um, and deadlines even worse. But I'm going to see if I can make this happen. So what I want to do is I, I need to, I'll probably do this tomorrow. I need to look at a calendar and try to, okay, if I'm going to write 70,000 words, how many words do I need per week? Let's say two months, two months, obviously is eight weeks. So you're talking eight to 9,000. Um, that's a lot of words for me in one, in one week. So I don't know if I can do that, uh, but maybe, maybe 10 weeks instead of, um, maybe I only need 7,000 words a week. I send it to the editor. I edit it for two weeks. I send it to the editor. I get it back two weeks later. I can publish it in two weeks. And now you're talking for four months, which works right. out well. So I'm going to try to map this out. I'll talk about it next week. What I map out, but I'm gonna try to map this okay. out. I'm trying to actually create a schedule that I'm not going to stick to, but I'm going to try. Um, right. and, and we'll see what happens. Well, I suspect, does she have a full-time job other than writing? No, yes. no. So that's, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But that means I just have to quit being lazy and like on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday when I'm working from home, go to lunch, write at lunch or write in the evenings. I'm actually getting pretty good at writing on my couch at like nine 30 at night. So just don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I can skip one or I can take a day off maybe, but we'll see how this goes. Cause you know. 7,000 words a week is uh, 10 weeks for 70,000. Actually, that's pretty good because I remember not too long ago, you thought you would never be able to write at home. So Yeah, I know. And now I can do it. I did it yeah. today, literally while I'm watching football. I, I did chapter four today. Well, I'm just sitting here. It's muted. Um, yeah. So maybe I'm getting good at that. I don't know. 
or better at it. Not good. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the rhyming challenge uh, story yeah. contest I entered many, many months ago. So on the website, it does say that the second round is December 1st through 4th and that's Thursday. Um, so I feel like I got to get an email from them in the next couple of days telling me whether or not I made it to the second round. Um, yeah, I haven't got so. anything from them. So, and if you go to their website, it still says first round assignments. So they're not even, it's definitely first through fourth. And I, I don't know. So there's a very good possible, there's a possibility, not good possibility. There's a possibility that I could be writing a second entry to that later on this week. Who knows? I, I hope so, but I, Boy, I, I you know. That'd be yeah. tough. I mean, it's, I, I, I thought it was amazing. You could come up with one story like that. Come up with two. Will be well, this really one's less words. This one oh, is, okay. I think a hundred less words, but it's also not a week. It's only four days. Okay. And then the last one is like a hundred less and it's like two days Oh wow! for the, for the final round. Yeah. That's so we'll really see. I'll, I'll, yeah. So I'll update uh, next week on that too. And All that's right. what I have for my news. Okay, well, I don't really have news per se, other than the fact that I did a deep dive into Kindle Vela because I decided that if I was actually going to start posting there, I should probably know what it was all about and what some of the details were. And some of the stuff I found out was pretty interesting. I may have known some of this at one time because I did kind of look into Vela when they were first flogging it, uh, what, about a year, maybe a year and a half ago or whatever. Uh, but these are some just not in any particular order. Um some things I found out about for anybody who's interested. Um, as a reader in, in Kindle Vela, the first three episodes that you read of any story are free. Uh, that's kind of lost leader, I guess, from the author's point of view. Uh, after that, you end up paying per 100 words in an episode. So if an episode has 2,000 words, you end up spending uh, one, uh, one token per 100 words or 20 tokens. Now, these tokens run they 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 range in price to buy from roughly nine tenths of a cent up to a penny uh depending on how many you buy at one time and that that and the, the chunks that they have are 200 to 1700 chunks so buying 1700 chunks you're not actually getting that much of a cut on the per token price uh, but i guess maybe if somebody's going to be a heavy reader it would make a difference to them uh, whatever a, a reader pays for the particular token they spend on your story, you as the author get exactly half of it. Uh, well, I should say some. I should say not exactly half because it take what Amazon does is they take away fees and taxes off the spent the spend, and then you get half of whatever's left. So what it boils down to, really, uh, in general, is you get about four tenths of a cent as an author per hundred words, which. Doesn't sound like a lot, and it's really not because if you figure you, you, if you run a, a typical story of sixty thousand words, and people uh, use actual paid tokens through the whole story, which they don't necessarily have to, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, they're going to end up spending about uh, two dollars and sixteen cents, or you'll end up getting as the author about two dollars and sixteen cents uh, for that sixty k word story, uh, which if you kind of work it out. If this was just on uh, a story you sold uh, on Amazon, it's basically equivalent to pricing at 60K story at 299. Um, so they've really got it you know, pushed down towards the low end. Now, the, the kicker here or the killer here is that Amazon gives away to readers lots of free tokens. And if readers use free tokens to read your episodes, you get exactly nothing uh, as the author. So you see lots of stories on the on the Vela forums where 
Amazon will, for some un, unknown reason, give away 500 or 1,000 tokens to everybody because it's, you know, they're trying to increase engagement, increase readership and stuff. And so suddenly authors who are, you know, making decent money will have months where they're still getting the same number of reads, but they're making almost nothing because people are using their free tokens to read their stories. So that's kind of a little bit of a, of a weird kink in the system. Now, they, Amazon does try to compensate a little bit for this by coming back at the end of the year or at the uh, end of every so often. I don't know if it's a year or every month or whatever. And they give away bonuses. And part of the way they figure bonuses is not only how many how much engagement you have with the story that you've, you've posted, but also uh, part of the calculation is how many free tokens were used to read your stories. So they're trying to give back on that a little bit, but just like everything else, Amazon, nobody seems to really know what the algorithm is or the, the formula is that they're using. Uh, so people will are complaining all over the place about the low bonuses this time around, mainly because of the fact that there were a lot of free tokens given away. Um, on the other, on the other, or another thing that's interesting is I looked at some of the stories that are the most popular on the site, and of course they're all romance, obviously, uh, not necessarily erotic romance, but some of them are. Uh, but these stories go on for hundreds of thousands of words; uh, they are huge. And I think what's really happening, from what I can tell, and from what I picked up in the forums, and from what I see on the on, on the Vela site itself, is that people are using a particular strategy here. Uh, they will write a story, start a story. They, they throw out the 1,500 to 2,000 word chunks for the first, you know, three, four, five episodes and use advertising or whatever they their mailing list or whatever to try to push engagement on those stories, push reads. And if something catches uh, the reader's interest and they start getting a lot of uh, reads on, on the episodes, then they just up the episode length a little bit. They seem, seem to jump from by 1,500 to 2,000 words to more in the 2,500 to 3,000 word range. Uh, so you get, you're going to get a little bit more pay per episode. And they just keep pushing that story forever until they lose the reader's interest. And some of these stories apparently never lose reader's interest because there are some up there with a couple hundred chapters and they're still going. A couple hundred wow. episodes. Yeah, it's really it's like a really long TV show that never ends. That's exactly what it's like. And and that's the way people are thinking about it. But I'm not exactly sure how you do that with a romance, really. It's uh it's kind of interesting. You you must have to roll over characters yeah. somehow and switch you know, switch the romantic story line from one set of characters to another. But it's probably not a quick switch, I would assume it's more of a, a slow turn to the next character. Right, right. Which which uh, raises the question about, you know, how well a mystery story would do on on that platform. If the only way you're really going to be able to make serious, you know, s- substantial money or, or decent money even is to have stories that are a couple hundred thousand words long. Uh, that's kind of long for a mystery, obviously, unless you're going to write it like a Perry Mason or something where just every so many episodes, you've got a new mystery. You could write it like a, an X-Files where you've got these monster of the week episodes that could take, you know, 10, right. 12 different episodes, but there's an overarching story that doesn't end for like 10 seasons right. um, that you right. go to. So in a, a an X-Files season, there might be 22 episodes and there might be 16 monster of the week and six that have to do with the main 
overarching story that you you referenced in the first episode and maybe somewhere in the middle and then near the end again. Right. And that plays into something else here. Uh, first, first, I want to mention that uh, just like everything with KDP, it's a 60-day lag in terms of payment uh, on anything you make. The other thing that's interesting that I find interesting and, and it might fit into kind of what you were just talking about is that you're allowed to republish your Vela content um, as long as you do it in 10 episode chunks. So you're not exclusive to Vela. So every 10 episodes, in theory, you could take that that chunk, leave it on Vela, continue your series on Vela, but then also spin off those episodes into a book. Or so it's not 30 days after the last one? Yes. That, yes, it is. It is 30 days. No, it's uh, you. No, it's not 30 days after the last episode. It's 30 days after the last episode you want to pull and right, 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 right. And put, um, so a story does not have to be complete in order to, in order for you to start republishing it. What a great uh, way to slowly build a series. Yes, exactly. That's, that's what I was thinking. Uh, and you can put it into KU as well. So you could simultaneously have it in KU in, um, Vela. If you don't put it into KU, you can have it anywhere else on the web that you want, as long as it's not for free. Oh. So, you know, you could sell it off your own website. You could put it up on Kobo. You could do whatever you want with it. And, and so there's really not that much ex- exclusivity to Vela at all, except for that short window where uh, you you need to leave something up there for 30 days before you can, you know, uh, push it someplace else. That's so unlike Amazon. I wonder why they did that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, it's just a really, it's a different model. It's an interesting model. Um, I don't know how it played out for people. I don't know if people are actually doing that, if they're republishing or if they're just solely focused on churning out these episodes every week or what they're doing. Um, and if you, if for some reason you decide you want to remove your story from Vela, uh, from the moment you notify them, it'll, you've got, they'll take 60 days basically to pull it completely off of there. So anyways, that was some of the stuff I found on Vela. Nothing really excited me too much other than the fact that you may be able to almost double dip on having a serial while also being able to have uh, novel length books as the serial progresses over time. So does this change your mind at all in in using it? No, I don't think so. I think I'm going to use it just, just to experiment. Just to see what happens. I don't really expect to, well, especially with the mystery, I don't really expect to make much out of it. Um, I was considering putting the mystery up on a website as I got, as I did it, uh, maybe for free, maybe for pay. I really hadn't decided if I go with Vela, it obviously can't be for free, but you could charge something nominal. They don't say what it has to be. It doesn't have to be uh, at least the same price as Vela charges. It just can't be for free. So what about something like Wattpad where people have to have, where people can have subscriptions to read? I don't know if you can put things behind a paywall on, on Wattpad. Um, yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, actually, Wattpad and Vela are not that different, I think, in the way they are now working. But I can't say for oh, okay. certain. I can't say okay. for certain. I know Wattpad went to a pay a pay model of some kind, but that's it's been a long time since I've been on there, so I don't really know. Uh, but I do like this idea of, of actually getting stuff out uh, – publishing it in a fashion. Uh, and then when you get the story to a certain point, you feel like it's, it's a complete story, at least up to there, uh, being able to pull it or not even pull it, being able to just repackage it 
send it off to an editor, have it, have it, uh, edited and turn it into an, into a book. Now uh, there's, there's a wide variety of quality on Vela. From what I read in the forums, people have their stuff edited from what I see on Vela, especially the popular stories, it's not edited all that well. Wow. Okay. So uh, if people are editing it, there may be, having friends at it, having doing self edits, having some ch- cheap editing, probably cheap editing because you know, it's going to cost, uh, you don't want to have that. Or, kind or of, maybe a Grammarly or a pro writing aid. Yeah. Then, and that's right. That could be it. Uh, be it there, there's a lot of these stories that could be really tightened up and, and made a lot more exciting. Um, but then again, I'm not a romance reader and that's primarily what's up there. It'll be right. interesting to see if I can get any traction at all with a romance story that I write. So that'll be, Okay. That's that's something I'm going to try. All right, pen, pen name, your name. No, no, pen name. I've already oh, got. Nice. I've already got one. It's a uh, Casey Flame, and it's Casey K A Y C E E. So kind of ambiguous. And Flame F L A M M E, which is the Dutch version of wow. Flame. Wow, <laughs> so, it's a great name. Yeah, it's a great yeah. name for romance. I spent the. Uh, two or three scotches trying to figure that one out. <laughs> this wasn't from the paint fumes. No, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm so excited that you're trying this and then you're talking about it every week. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. And since right. I don't really, and since I don't really care what happens, it'll just be interesting to see what happens. Right. Right. All right. So I took my to-do list from my uh, 20 books Vegas uh, notes wow. that I made while I was out there. And I added them to this outline, this podcast outline as, um, as my running list of future things to do. So I'm going to go through some of these. I'm going to skip some of them because some of them don't matter, but I'm just, I'm going to keep them on here because I need them in a place where I'll remember to do them. And this outline's a good place for it. So they're going to be on here every, every week until I finish until I cross them off the list. So, uh, just your basic stuff that I've had before. Uh, come up with a plan for the book's book, first book release. Not thinking about that yet. Uh, new podcast opening and closing. Not thinking about that yet. Waiting for Lindsay. I did send Lindsay a text. To uh, She texted me earlier this week and she said, hey, what's that website called where you can make like the banners and stuff for Facebook ads? And I said, that's Book Brush. And she said, oh, yeah. So she, And I go, are you doing book stuff? And she says, no, book stuff starts on January 1st. This is for Case Jewelers, oh. which was nice. <laughs> I like that she's using it for us. She's like repurposing it for something else, which is yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so again, I've gotten more confirmation from her that right here book starts in 2023. So I've gotten more confirmation that she'll be back. Most likely I would say early January, hopefully the first Saturday in January, which I believe is like the eighth or something like, I think the January 1st is a Sunday. So like the seventh or the eighth, whatever that is, the eighth. That'd be my birthday. Oh, nice. Happy birthday. That is really, that's a week from my dad's birthday and a week from her husband's birthday. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's January, January, a lot of January babies. Nice. Um, so I'll, I'll deal with the podcast opening and closing uh, later in December. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, I have some st- – the stuff that I had seen uh, or heard on the other podcasts, one of them was um, from Paul Teague's podcast he did a couple weeks ago, the Jumpstart Your Ads, Amazon Ads course. Not really thinking about that until I get close to publishing. And then from Amelia Hayes' podcast where she talked about the Dean Wesley Smith course on Locked Room Mysteries. I'm really excited about writing a locker room mystery, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be book three in this series. Mm-hmm. And I desperately want to make it book two because I really want to write it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be book three because it makes more sense in the timeline for it to be book three. Uh, and as I get closer to that, I'll probably 
order and read this. I did look up Dean Wesley Smith a couple of days ago to see you had mentioned that sometimes it shows up in a, a Kickstarter. Right. So I checked their Kickstarters. They don't have anything active right now. I, I think. Um, and I checked some of their, their, uh, um, what are they called? The, the levels, the Kickstarter levels mm -hmm. that you can, that you can uh, support them on. And I didn't see anything that mentioned these, but I didn't look very hard. So I was okay. hoping that I could put like a, I, I was hoping I could put like a, a reminder on the D Dean Wesley Smith Smith page on Kickstarter to remind me next time he creates a Kickstarter, but I didn't actually see one. So I'm going to have to go to his social media or whatever and just follow him somewhere. Cause I'm sure he'll announce it somewhere, uh, which I uh, will do. Yeah. If you just, if you uh, just, um, uh checking in on his blog. He writes a daily blog. Yeah. Uh, and he always mentions when they're heading out for a Kickstarter and I must be on his mailing list or, or Christine's mailing list because I also get emails about it too. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at the blog very briefly and I saw that where there was a place where you could sign up and I had my email address typed in there and I just went, ah, I'm going to wait a little bit longer because yeah. I am, I just decided to wait a little bit longer. I really have no reason why I, I didn't finish, hit the yeah. submit button there. Um, uh, let's see. What do we, what else is here? Try to work out my audience is something I want to keep doing. Murder mystery tropes. So I, I bought that book as we were doing the podcast last week. I bought the book that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, what was it called? It was, it's called mystery. Wait, I'm going to find it. Mystery colon how to write traditional and cozy mysteries. And I think you said last week, you weren't sure why they separated traditional from cozy. Right. Um, it looks like he's giving it from two different points of view. One traditional meaning Agatha Christie stuff written back then versus cozies that are written now. That's kind of how he's doing it. Okay. Um, but, but he also has stuff in there. I think, you know, I haven't read it in a while, but I think about, you know, writing a hard boiled detective story and stuff too. So it's, you know, it actually yeah. falls outside the cozy genre that we think of it today anyways. Yeah. So I haven't got, I'm only about 40 pages in, um, it was very funny because that, that day I was agonizing over whether to make my character female. I went to bed that night and was laying in bed reading it. And at one point he mentioned mysteries and he says, you know, usually the, 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 uh, amateur sleuth is female. And I'm like, Oh my God, another person telling me that I'm <laughs> just all coming at once. So, um, but it's really good. I re I'm really enjoying this book so far. Um, I'm about 40 pages in it's, about, I think it's like 220 pages. So I'll keep reading yeah. it and we'll see if that helps me with some, I'm hoping he gets to some of the tropes at some point. Cause that's really what I'm looking for. Um, I looked at the K I have on here to look at the K lytics report. I started doing that, but I haven't gotten very far through it. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a Atticus stuff in here to watch some of their videos and go ahead and use it, which I'm doing right now. We'll see. Um, check out the Atticus videos. I've watched just about all the ones that were short on their website. Nothing really new. It's kind of stuff that as someone who uses a computer, 14 hours a day, I kind of, it's kind of in, intuitive to me when right. I see buttons, I know what they do. So, right. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Looking to switching to authoremail.com. I, I talked about that earlier. The minute I get ready to start doing emails again, I'm going to switch to authoremail.com and start using that. Uh, looking to pro writing aid. I talked about that earlier. And then something else I just added to it today. I took a whole bunch of like vendors when, when myself and Morgan and Elizabeth were walking around, uh, the vendor day on Monday at 20 books. Um, I picked up a whole bunch of brochures and cards and I just want to go through them all. They're sitting in a stack right now in my bag and I want to get them out. I might do that tomorrow. Just go through them for the most part. I'm going to just toss them all, but there might be a couple things that I want to keep and continue to look into. I don't even know what they are. So, um, now the, yeah. the author emailed, uh, program that Thacker at L put together that there is no free level in that, right? It's, uh, correct. 
Yeah, it's uh, what is it? Six bucks a month or whatever for? Yeah, I think it's ten ninety nine a month. Is it ten ninety nine a month? Uh, I, I want to say that it's ten ninety nine a month um, for up to zero through. I want to say ten thousand, and I'm trying to find right here. I'm trying to find the cost. I'm on their website now, and I know it's on here somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Sh- and he'll actually say we don't have a free version. Go use Mailchimp for. Uh, in, until you're ready to have a thousand, until you're ready to pay for it, right, and the minute right. you're ready to pay, then export your list and come over here. Yeah, it's ten ninety nine a month for up to ten thousand subscribers. Okay. You can send unlimited emails, unlimited lists, and it has all the all the email automation stuff that I'm looking for. There is an indie pro level. Like I'm not sure what the that oh that goes from ten thousand to twenty thousand. So you don't pay anything up to ten thousand. Okay. And I feel like if I get over ten thousand, I have to pay more. I'm probably in a good situation with my books. So so what's getting you to switch from basically a free account over to that? Well I, I'm not I'm paying for MailChimp or MailerLite right now. Uh, even though I only have eight hundred and sixty, I'm paying because I want the auto resend. Ah, um, okay. so if somebody doesn't open my email on Sunday, on Wednesday, I send them a second email that I've changed the subject line to try to get them to open it. Okay. You have to okay. pay for that in mail. That's not part of the free, okay. free stuff. And with his, uh, and I, I guess I didn't check on the auto recent, but I would assume it's part of the package. Um, so I'm okay paying 11 bucks a month cause I'm already paying for mailer light anyway. Um, and if I can pay, once I go over a thousand, I'm going to have to pay more for mailer light. His okay. isn't more. It's the same price. Okay. Okay. So that's why. That makes sense. Um, in terms of my addicted to, I have two on here. And I know, I think last week I mentioned that one of them was going to join this list. And that's Pro. Uh, I'm in the later seasons right now where all the episodes are two hours. So it takes me a long time to watch them. I can't watch them while I work. So I put them on like during lunch and I'll watch like 40 minutes and then I'll turn it off. And then 6.30 while I'm cooking dinner, I'll watch 10 minutes. And I'll just kind of piece them together throughout the week. And um, and this is really where I, 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 I like I said, I'm watching them differently than I have watched him in the past. I'm actually watching kind of the structure of what Perot does as he's solving crimes and then how he does that climax. And I'm trying to make sure that I have those elements in my story. I'm really trying to, it's weird. I'm really trying to do, I'm in this weird situation where I can actually do a right to market for the first time Mm -hmm. because I'm understanding what right to market is. And I've just started writing the book so I can do all this research and then add those things instead of trying to go back to my science fiction and change it. Or right. just not do anything because I didn't understand at the time. So I'm this. I think I'm in this really good spot right now where I can try to take um, pieces from all these different things that I'm reading and I'm looking into, and and come as close to right to market as I can before I put it out there. Right, right. <clears throat> and then the second one is a YouTube channel, a YouTube channel called Real Life Lore. Um, it's really good. It's about the, the guy who does it. Will do like a 20 minute video on why Turkey is moving their capital or why. Uh, what did I watch? Well, I think I watched one that was like, why? I think it was like Libya. Some country is building a whole bunch of artificial rivers. And the guy actually says, I love maps. So I'm creating these videos revolved around maps. I love maps too. And, but these are like, like current event, non, he's not, he doesn't get into the politics. It's not, you know, Republican Democrat or any of that crap. It's literally just information. And it's, and he does it in a really, really good way. I'll link to the channel. If anybody wants to watch it, it's called real life lore. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really good. That yeah, sounds interesting. Well, my addiction apparently is to paint fumes uh, this week because I've certainly been snuffing a lot of it. Um, but I finally feel like one of the cool kids in high school who were always spent an inordinate amount of time back in the spray booths during metal shop, you know, working, <laughs> quote unquote, working on their projects. Uh, nice. So there's that. And what else was I going to mention? Oh, like Ella. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a uh, there's a program I may have mentioned it before. I can't recall on uh, that we get on Prime, uh, Amazon Prime. It's called Landward, and it's a Scottish program coming uh, coming from uh, Scotland. And it's all about the, the the life and times of rural Scotland, and they they put out a, a show every week for about. 30 some odd weeks during the year. And it's really interesting to, you know, we've been to, been to Edinburgh. I've been to Glasgow. I've been to Inverness. I've been to a number of the major cities. Haven't spent a whole lot of time in the countryside, but it's really interesting to see how, how the country people live. I shouldn't say country people, how people in the rural areas live and the the issues and things that are important that are going on there. So it's really cool. Nice. Uh, Yeah. It's called Landward. Speaking of shows, um, so my mom's friend, she rec- she's the one who recommended the canine paw spa truck to me, mm. which is the truck that pulls into my driveway every six weeks and gives my dog a bath so I don't have to do it. And um, I was at, sitting at my mom and dad's house yesterday, uh, Thursday for Thanksgiving, and she had texted my mom and said, there's a show on Amazon Prime called Endeavor that I guess is a murder mystery. And, and I, my first question was, was, well, is it bloody? And she wrote back and said, no, it's not bloody or graphic. And I said, okay, I'll give it a try because she's one for one. She hasn't led me uh, astray so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start watching this show Endeavor just to see if I like okay. it. I might just watch the first episode and see. All right. In terms of my uh, weekly uh, coming up this week, um, pretty normal schedule. I actually have to work five days in a week for the first time. And I don't know how long. Yeah. It's also the last time in 2022 I'll be doing that um, <laughs> with all the holidays and the vacation days I have left. So uh, tomorrow I will get up in the morning and I'll go to Panera and I'll try to work on chapter five and come home and well, I'll go to Best Buy first and get some headphones. Uh, then I'll come home and I will watch football as I attempt to learn this basic beat on these drums, which is the the basic beat that every single YouTuber who says this is the basic beat you should start with says to start with mm-hmm. um, because it, yeah, you can play so many songs with this one beat. So uh, I'll start with that. And um, I have this long list from 20 books I just talked about. I might tackle something on there. I'm not sure, but I'll also put my Christmas tree up in the evening. I always put my Christmas tree up on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I've been doing it for years. Uh, when I'm at home, the last couple of years I haven't been at home, but when I'm at home, the problem is, is that I want to create an all star Wars Christmas tree this year. Okay. And I currently, I currently only have four ornaments. I do have about 25 of them on the way from Amazon and they'll be here Tuesday. So I'm going to put the tree up, put lights on it and then hang four ornaments. I have another ornament that says bacon and a Cleveland Browns ornament. I'll put those two on there too. So it'll have six ornaments on it as of tomorrow night. And then throughout <laughs> the rest of the week, I'll decorate it and get it ready. So that's a start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Monday I'll work from home and, you know, as I've said before, I'm going to go back to making it my writer's day off. Although if I want to try to do 7,000 words a week, I may not have a writer's day off. I might have Mm. to just try to get some words in every day. Um, so either at lunch or in the evening or both. I remember before golf started, I was going to, I was going to hothead burrito, I believe on Monday evenings. And I was really enjoying that. So that could be something I also do. Um, we'll see. I mean, Tuesday and Wednesday are the same, uh, work from home figure out whether I'm going to write at lunch or in the evening or both. Um, now that I'm apparently able to write at home, uh, we'll see how that goes. Thursday, I'm back in the office. In the It's the first time I've been in the office since October 27th. Um, and that'll be December 1st. So the whole month of November, I was not in the office because of mm-hmm. my vacation days and work from home days. Um, that's going to be kind of fun. I will write at lunch. I believe I'm going out that night after work to meet some of the old uh, friends from the old job. We've been trying to do that like once once a month, once, once every six weeks or so. So we're doing it this coming Thursday. 
Uh, and then Friday, same as the early parts of the week, I'll work from home. I'll either write at lunch or in the evening or both. Saturday, right in the morning at Chick-fil-A. And then I will do chore, my chores, my grocery store, my cleaning. We will podcast in the evening. And I have in here that the goal is to get through chapter 10, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it. I, I know I always try to make these goals um, things that are really easy so that I could say I accomplished a goal. But I'm going to go ahead and just say, let's see if I can get 7,000 words this week. Um, we'll just see if it's something that I can do. We'll see how easy it is. Will I be cramming words in on Sunday, on Saturday in the afternoon, right before the podcast starts, just so I can say, Hey, I got 7,001 words this week. Um, so we'll just see how that goes. So this is going to be a bit of an experiment. Well, good, good. Yeah. For me, it's the week in terms of writing is going to be a lot like these past couple of months have been, I'm going to have to cram it in 15, 20 minutes at a time, but I really want to make some, some real progress on reformatting those average Jones stories and episodes. I think that should be fairly easy to do, but we'll see. I want to push this romance story into the second episode, uh, see if I can keep it going and see if I have ideas for what might come up right now. I'm kind of in the, uh, uh, the, 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 the meat cute, I guess, phase of a romance. And, uh, we'll, we'll see if I can actually sustain interest <laughs> on my part past that. Uh, by the end of this week, the guest bathroom's got to be completely finished because I'm going to be heading up to Detroit at some point. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I'll get give some... you applause right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll give me a spermia on there. Um, should be done because I think by Thursday or Friday, I'll be heading up to Detroit. Yeah. So that's basically going to be my week. It'll be busy. Um, I did. I thought, thought I would share a little. <laughs> I don't think this is necessarily good. Uh, maybe the best thing I wrote this week, but it is something that I pulled out of the romance, the first episode of the romance I'm writing. And this kind of falls right in the middle. The, the main character is uh, conversing with her friend. And the main character starts off. I reached over and took the phone from her hand. The title of the article was Best Man Blows Up Hollywood Wedding. Under the title was a picture of my long-forgotten blind date, flipping off the bride, groom, and priest at the altar. That's kind of nuts, I said, although I couldn't keep a smile from my lips. Kind of juvenile, if you ask me, Sam said as she pulled out a switchblade from her back pocket, flicked it open, and began to skin an apple with surgical precision. Doesn't compare to what I did to Spike when I caught him cheating me with that slut from Des Moines. <laughs> nice. Wow. So, that, so this that, isn't going to be a Hallmark movie. What's that? This isn't going to be a Hallmark movie. No, yeah, it's going to be a little. I, actually, you know, I thought about going and saying, yeah, if I'm going to write a romance, maybe I should watch some Hallmark movies. But then I decided, you know, that's probably going to be a little bit too cute for my taste. Yeah. So we're going to uh, we're going to make it a little bit more. I mean, there's nothing nothing going to be too serious here because I do want to make it a rom-com. But you know, you always have to have that foil to the main character in a romance. Oh, yeah. Somebody oh, yeah. who's that's who's a, like that's hard, a that's hard part bit. of the formula. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. So mine is again, first draft people. I just want to throw that out there completely first draft, kind of what you were just saying too. Um, this is just a scene where um, the, the my, all of my characters are walking into the building for the first time. They don't know what happened and they're about to find out what happened. And there's just a, a line in here that I just really like. So I'm going to just read this part and then we'll see if you can guess what, what line that I really okay. like. The third shift lead, Dolores Santiago, limped up to the trio. She had been with the company longer than Sam had been alive, and it only took a few minutes to understand she was the real brains of the operation. She ran the day-to-day, -to -day, told everyone what to do, and instead of hiding away from the employees, like a lot of the managers, she had a desk in the center of the floor where anyone could walk up to her and ask for help. And they did, all the time. What, ha what happened, Sam asked. 
No one told you? Dolores asked. We just got here. No one told us anything. Someone killed Kurt. The group stopped walking and turned to face Dolores, each member of the team standing in silence. Past Dolores, police officers moved in and out of the small conference room. The police had roped off Maddox's offices, Maddox's office with police tape. Carly's mouth hung wide open and a chill fell over Sam. Murdered him? Linus asked. Murdered his ass dead, she said with a wry smile. Did they know who? Not as far as I know. Those are the only details you know, Sam asked. The cops won't tell me anything, but I heard someone shot him. Well, I don't know what your favorite line is, but murdered his ass dead. I like that's it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what, and I, this character is actually based on a real person. And I can hear her saying that. Yeah. I, well, actually, you know, I worked most of my, my career in academics, but before when I was getting my degrees, I always worked in factories and yeah, that's something you would hear all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Either, uh, either oh, I'm going to kill his ass dead or something like that. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So that is the end of the podcast. Do you have anything else? No, I'm through. All right. If you want to contact me, you can email me, jerry at jerryevanoff.com. My website is jerryevanoff.com. I'm on Twitter, jerryE25. If you go to Twitter, you can find a fun conversation between me, uh, Rich, and my friend Brian from Columbus talking (laughs) about this drum set behind me. Um, Follow follow me. Follow Rich there. Um, The (laughs) The author website is uh, facebook.com slash, I'm sorry, the Facebook author is, is Jerry Evanoff author and on Patreon, patreon.com slash new author podcast. I am going to throw up a picture of the drum set uh, probably tonight on Patreon. So if you're reading this, uh, if you're listening to this and it's Sunday, go check the Patreon uh, site if you want to see a picture of this, this drum set that I got behind me that's going to scare the crap out of my dog over the next few months i know uh patreon.com slash new author podcast and before we get to rich let me just say that Lindsay's twitter is evanoff Lindsay. uh that's e-v-a-n-o-f-f-l-i-n-d-s-a-y go there and wish her happy birthday you got a couple more hours tonight and then you can wish her a belated one if you're listening on sunday i'm sure she'll love that i laughed when you were talking there because follow you follow me is a uh phil collins oh, yeah, song, song. Drum, yeah yeah right song. right <laughs> yeah. And I was I was trying to push Jerry to learn a Phil Collins song first, since we're always heavy on dramas, especially in the introduction. You can follow me or <laughs> you can find me on email at rich at richcasey.com or on Facebook at Rich Casey Author. All right, everyone. Thanks for, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the new author podcast. Check back next week for another episode. And for more information, find Jerry at www.jerryevanoff.com and Lindsay at www.lindsayevanoff.com. 